Well, welcome to the Last Drinks podcast. I am staggeringly all over the place, <laughs> also known as Will Hitchens, and this is Plump, Rump, and Ready to Pump and Dump, also known as Mitchell Ford. That's good. Um, just off the cuff. And Love it. Yeah. Well, our guest today is a mindset coach, an entrepreneur, and a gym owner. Um, yeah. This is Lewis Huckstep, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I like the lump, rump, and ready to pump. That's... Yeah. Yeah, that, that just came to me. <laughs> Wow. That's genius. I like that. I'm just, yeah, full of surprises, it seems. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so we've got Lewis here, um, who's a, I guess most of your work these days is mindset coach, and you also have a podcast yourself, yep. the Lewis Huckstep Experience. Yeah, very original name. Yeah. Crush that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how experienced you are, Mitch, but I guess we'll find out how experienced we both are to have the Lewis yeah. Huckstep experience in my living room. Let me know the experience. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have an experience for sure. <laughs> and I guess we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll talk about, I guess, your experience and relationship with alcohol for a bit, as that's, I guess, a prime, the prime thing we talk about on here. But we did bring you on because, I guess, especially the area that you focus on is mental health, which yep. we've been, I guess... Awesome diving into a bit more as we've become sober men and having our own issues with depression um, over the years as uh, we may have used, possibly used alcohol as a tool to mask our... (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Debatable. (laughs) Debatable, yes. So, uh, yeah, Lewis, what is your relationship with alcohol and what's your opinion on it? I haven't actually thought of that question until coming in here today. I don't think everyone's ever asked me it but I've had experiences growing up with my my family my my brother sister uh whole family I'm from a um I'm from a small island called Norfolk Island if do you have you guys ever heard of that I've heard heard of it but no idea where it is like there's Australia New Zealand it's in the middle and you can't even see it on a map very small and all they do they go fishing surfing and alcohol and weed that's that's if you like that go check it out so I I did leave there before I guess coming to the age of getting into it, I left when I was about 11 or 12, but I've got memories of dad, mum coming home hammered. Uh, they used to run a, bu- a brewery. So I remember being around alcohol a, a lot of my life. And I think I linked, um, I think I linked negative associations with it because you kind of see alcohol and have pain and then you link the, the two together. So um, I, I was, a, I, when I was in Australia, I think I started to drink around the 15, 16 year, years of age. And I think we we're talking just before you mentioned is when I was sort of getting to that 18 year old when I was starting to get into self-development, learn about self-development and all my, my mates were still chasing the girls. We're near Broad Beach, right? We're in Broad mm. Beach, like they were on clubbing every weekend and I, I was doing it, but I just wasn't pulled to do it and I was getting pulled elsewhere to go elsewhere. So for other reasons. So I don't, I didn't, I don't have any judgment towards it. I, I think when I was going through my self-development stage, I think a lot of people do, they'll learn something then judge everyone else who doesn't believe it and they think they're better than everyone for doing it which I certainly went through but I I don't see it as a, a negative thing I think it has its time it has its place but even as you were sort of alluding to and joking around before it, it can just become an outlet for people to mask other reasons so I think that's my relationship with alcohol but I've never honestly thought about it till just now too mm. fast mm-hmm. yeah so how often are you drinking nowadays once a year, if that. Oh, um, okay. I, yeah. I, oh, but just guys, I, I, I have weed. I smoke every now and then. Yeah, I had some yeah. last night with a couple of friends. So I think I'd do it. I, I, don't, I don't personally see... I'm always asking from a client and a coaching perspective, what's the fuel behind it? What's the fuel to drink? What's the reason to drink? What's mm-hmm. the... 
So like, I know I've got friends that smoke weed, that drink alcohol, that do other drugs. And again, no right or wrong around it. It's just, what's the fuel to do it? It's like, oh, we did it because we, we were chatting like, you want to talk about some deep shit? It's like, yeah, let's smoke a joint. Let's go. And we just like, to, that was like, the fuel was to enhance the conversation rather than like, fuck, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm really anxious. Let's have that instead. Yeah. So I'm really looking at the fuel behind it. But um, I've got friends, um, my uh, a really good friend of mine, what is his name, but he doesn't use weed for that reason he uses alcohol he's like man alcohol chills me out and um, weed freaks me out so it's kind of the opposite mm-hmm. effect and mm-hmm. again there's no right or wrong with it so i think it's more so just for people listening looking at yourself in the mirror like what's your fuel to do it are you like oh my god i'm fu- feeling fucking stressed overwhelmed with life i'm gonna go to a drink or i'm gonna go to whatever or it's I rem- i'm really chilling out and i'm having a great time and i want to enhance that experience i might have a drink or two so yeah. that's probably the way i would look at it in terms of relationship towards it yeah mm-hmm. nice yeah it's like, I mean, we've heard a few people say, like, setting an intention with, I guess, whether it is with drinking or with, I guess, yeah, like weed. And if the intention is good, I guess, like you were describing, to enhance the experience, smoke a joint, have a drink. If it was to numb out and escape, that might be a yeah. different and probably not a productive reason to be using these, uh, these substances. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely the amount too, you know, like mm. if you're doing it every day and you're yeah. saying, oh, I'm just doing it to chill out and having yeah. three or four drinks a day, obviously mm. that's problematic. Because, I mean, in my experience, I can't really say that at any time, I mean, maybe sometimes, but a lot of the time I wouldn't say I was necessarily consciously escaping anything, but mm. I just found myself drinking all the time. Yeah. But it's not like I was in my head thinking, mm. oh, I'm in emotional pain, I need to drink. I was just, I just found myself doing it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess it's interesting to look back now because I feel I definitely was escaping something but during that moment I probably didn't notice so yeah how people can combat that and then realise whether yeah you are unconsciously escaping something versus Mm. consciously I don't know if you have any input on that Lewis or the thing that comes to mind there's a book called You're Not Broken and it's um, I think by Dr. Sarah Woodhouse and it says uh understand and break free of your traumas or something along the lines of that and she uses three uh three steps that just really click for me there's trauma traumatic reactions and triggers trauma is the pain that we go through and uh, she's got a formula for trauma it's like high levels of perceived threat powerlessness and overwhelm i think are the three and then the trigger re- uh, reaction is the point that I would look at when it comes to, I guess, drinking and, and the cause for it is when we go through something that's traumatic or in a traumatic experience is we'll have a way of dealing with it. And some people it is drinking. Some people it's, they or they might model mum and dad are doing it. It's like, you go through something that's really painful. How do I cope with it? I think you used the term coping mechanism mm-hmm. early in this conversation. And that might be alcohol. That might be smoking a cigarette. That might be exercise. I've got clients who train two, three times a day, but... As I was saying, it's what's the fuel behind it? Are you doing it because I feel good? I want to go move my body? Or it's like, I've got shit at home that I'm trying to avoid. I'm going to go to the gym. Mm. So it's so for, I guess, on that, that, that thought you were going along the lines of is what happens before the drink? What happens like there? Because before, between, say there's a drink in that fridge over there. Between, before I get that drink, the first it comes to a thought. And what was that thought? It was like you saw something on Instagram, something triggered you, something brought some feeling up to you and your reaction is to go m- cope with it through a drink. Mm-hmm. Then do you want to look towards the trauma? Where'd that come from? So to back to the um, 
the three points. So there's trauma, traumatic reactions, and that could be, again, anxiety, could be depression, could be drinking, could be smoking, could be disassociating. That's what I did. I would shut off from everyone. I would so isolate. I think a lot of men do that. They really mm. internalize. They want to go into their own thoughts, etc. So that was definitely my style. Uh, and then there's triggers, what sets it off. So the analogy I overuse, it's like if I had a cut on my arm right here, if I touch it with a cat hair, it's going to set it off. And that could be a, a wound or a trauma that we've been through from mum and dad not loving us, from someone dumping you, someone bullying you, someone uh, abandoning you, whatever it may be. And if you don't heal that, something's going to set it off all the time. And so say, for example, say someone bullied you guys in school and it looked like me. If you saw me today, it, it probably would have, something would have come up for you. And then your reaction will be how you deal with it. And if it's drinking, then every time you get triggered, you're off for a drink. Mm. So it, until you heal that, you're constantly getting triggered for a drink. And that's just one example. You could have 50 of those in your childhood growing up. And that's why people are so up and down vol volatility with their emotions because they've just got all these triggers setting them off. Yeah, okay. So that's why I, I always teach your triggers are your wounds because when you're conscious of where the trigger comes from, and you can go, okay, where did that come from? Where, how did, ha, uh, what have I been through that's getting triggered in this moment? Go back to where the event happened, heal through it. This process we can talk about today if you want to. Heal through it. Then the wound's not there and it doesn't set you off anymore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I was playing a game with a friend of mine, which is a good example of this. We're playing a board game, Cash Flow Quadrant, if you're into Rich Dad Poor Dad, you understand it. And we'll just, I was using a rubber to rub out an answer. And he's next to me and he goes like this and does this weird like, sound. With a, when I was using the rubber, I was like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, I hate rubbers. I'm like, what do you mean you hate rubbers? He's like, I just hate the sound of it. Like, I can't fucking hear the rubber, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> so he's like, can you, man, you know, he, under, he understands what, what I'm talking about. And I said, where was there a painful experience in your life? And there was a rubber present in, in the equation. And his eyes like shot open. He's like, holy fuck. I was in class, remembered the year, the teacher's name, remembered everything. He's like, I was in class. I was chewing on a rubber. I was a bit of an autistic kid. And Mr. whatever the teacher's name was, called me up in front of everyone and humiliated the shit out of me. He cried in front of the whole class. Very painful experience for a young boy, right? And that rubber was the trigger to set that little reaction that he had off. Mm. And then we went through, we said, okay, man, how's that served you? What are the benefits of that? How's that made you a better coach, a better communicator, a better man, a better partner, etc." And we did a little balancing ex exercise. And then he got to the point where he said, I'm grateful for that teacher and that experience because it shaped me into who I am today. Mm. And then the rubber didn't trigger anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting triggered for a drink, again, what's the fuel behind it? Not, fuck, we're having a good day, gents. You want to have a drink? Just chill out a bit. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. I do. That's my version of weed, right? Yeah. But if you're like, fuck, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I'm going to go have a drink. Well, mm -hmm. what's making you feel overwhelmed? And it's something specific. And this is something that I think a lot of people do. Well, human beings we do is we paint things certain colors. If I... You've met me the first time today. If I was an asshole walking through this room first time, you, I'm an asshole to you. Even if you just caught me for 10 seconds, mm -hmm. I'm now that person. So if you go through something that was really traumatic, the whole thing was traumatic. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was only one or two things or that happened or didn't happen, which is traumatic. So if you can break it down and heal through that, you heal the wound, which is getting triggered and you'll stop having that reaction. Interesting. So that's kind yeah. of my thoughts on, on the on the part you're yeah. with. Excellent. Well, I mean, I'd love to. I'm, I think it's a great time to talk about how to heal because it's something that I mean we hear a lot about is is healing trauma. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's something that it seems to pop up a lot, but then how to actually step by step process do it? Because yeah. I understand that the idea of healing trauma, but yeah. then how to actually 
do that is something that I'm personally not aware of. So, awesome. yeah, if you could enlighten us, that would be fantastic. One book, You Never Need a Therapist Again, is yep. Dr. John Martini, The Breakthrough Experience. It's mm-hmm. fundamentally changed my life. He's got a formula in it where okay. it's actually step-by-step. Step. And for people listening, some people are a little bit analytical. That's me. I'm a bit more black and white. Uh, question step structure that's I think men in general masculine like more structure a bit more feminine like the feeling where that's where like Reiki healings and breath works and um, I know different um, modalities can do the same thing it's all roads lead to Rome it's healings just trapped feelings or perceptions that haven't been transcended and there's techniques to do it this is my preferred flavor of doing it it's very step by step but in the book you'll see it is everything in life Everything that you're not grateful for or have love for is a lopsided perception. Think of when you were younger and you felt safe to be yourself. You're mm. weird, silly, gross, weird. I was a weird fucking little kid. I was really, I was really autistic, really gamer kid, uh, nerdy kid. When you were really, when you were safe to be yourself, did you struggle with confidence? Mm. Did you struggle yeah. with being yourself? Did you care about other people's opinions? Were you depressed? Were you anxious? You weren't, because. I overuse this quote as well. It's the Statue of David by Michelangelo. He made the Statue of David and someone asked, how did you make such a beautiful piece of art? And his answer was beautiful. He said, it was really easy. David was always there in the statue. I just had to remove everything that wasn't him. If you have to let that sing that in for a bit, the confident, real, authentic version of us, it's in here, but we've just picked up all these layers of who we need to be to be good enough. Mm. We need not show emotion. We need to be tough. We need to do X, Y, Z. We need to look a certain way. We need to have a certain amount of dollars in our bank account to be successful, right? That's all layers that aren't us. So uh, I guess through that, I'll, I'll go back to the formula of how to actually do it. But by healing those, those wounds that we've got, over time, your authentic self shines through the brightest. The, um, I think I've, I used this the other day, but the best way to express yourself is to stop dimming your own light. So just let your real... Weird. This is where, have you heard of child work or inner child work or mm. expressing your inner child? That's what it is. It's being yourself, being loopy, being silly, being funny, whatever your version is. So the point that I was making is anything that we go through or perceive, if you're not grateful for it or had love for it, which is the same frequency, there's something that's not there. It's, a, it's like hindsight, right? You go through something and then a month, a year, 10 years later, fuck, I realized why that happened. I'm so grateful that happened for me. Mm. How do you bring that into the moment? How can you go through something instead of taking two years to process it, do it in five minutes? Mm. And this is the process it goes through. So you can do it in your own head if you want to now, but think of something, the more charge and judgment, the bigger the release and collapse that you'll have with it. But think of something that you've been through that you have judgment towards. It might be your dad. For me, it's my dad. I'll use myself. My dad was the biggest one for me. He just really didn't make me feel, he didn't make me feel safe to express myself. I had to be strong. I remember like our, uh, this is, used to be a little trigger for me at dinner table. We used to have dinner tables, um, had dinner at a table with the family and my whole family was like on eggshells. It was just like sitting there like eating your dinner because it's the tradition, but no one fucking wanted to be there. Mm. So I used to judge the shit out of him because I had so much judgment because I didn't see how that served me until doing this process. So I judged it because I thought it was wrong. He hurt me. He did this. He did that. He did whatever. But something that's become a really good strength of mine in hindsight is my ability to make people feel safe and to feel safe to open up in your mindset coaching world. That's probably a good trait to have in me. Mm. That came from him from doing that. So it's seen how everything's life's happening for you, not to you. Overused quote, everyone uses it. Mm. Fucking apply it. Go through your most painful traumas that you've been through, things you haven't let go of, things that you're judging for and balance it out. 
about how to do it, back to the equation, is what specifically hurts you? Again, don't paint it a whole color. Don't say, you're an asshole, you're a dick. That's all you are. Everything that you do is wrong. Yep. It's like, well, what specifically did they do? Yep. Well, they, they did this one thing. Well, what was it? Oh, they, they just did, they, they weren't nice to me. Okay, so not being nice, being mean. They were mean to me. Okay, what's the benefit of someone being mean to you? Does it make you stronger? Help you develop grit? Help you develop thick skin? So question one. So question two, where do you do the same thing in your life? Where are you mean? We all express all traits. You're a very nice gentleman. I'm sure you guys are. I bet you you guys have been assholes in your life as well. Nah, never. No, never, never. That's the ego. So, so the, um, that's question two. Question three, who sees the opposite trait in this person? So if you see them as being mean, who sees them as being nice? Because all, all the trauma is is your perception on something. It's your view that you saw that lens through. So it's just seeing all other angles and who you can see there's upsides to it, there's downsides to it, and that in itself is perfection. And that's where gratitude is the synthesis and synchronicity of complementary opposites. All that bullshit means is there's upsides, there's downsides, and you see that for who it is. It's like real love in a relationship. Relationship, there's infatuation, puppy love, where they walk on water, sex is amazing, farts smell like roses, everything's beautiful, honeymoon period. That's not real love. Real love is I have upsides, I have downsides, and per- my partner sees all of that and loves me unconditionally. That's real love. So real love in a trauma sense is seeing how that pain actually served you. Have you guys heard of the book um, Man's Search for Meaning, Dr. Vic- oh, Victor Frankl? Yeah, yep. It's a very popular. A lot of people have yeah. heard of it. I think it's like 13 million copies sold. And Victor Frankl went through a concentration camp in World War II. His brother, father, mother, and sister all killed in a concentration camp. And he shares experiences in the camps. It's pretty fucked up. Like well, mm-hmm. most people have heard of it. So, one piece of bread for eat for three for three days. Someone drops dead next to you. You keep walking. Don't don't worry about it. Keep going. And he comes out the end of that with gratitude, inspiration, meaning to give back to the world. How the fuck can he go through that and have that meaning while you're caught up on someone not fucking texting you back, mm-hmm. or your dad was mean to you, or your dad wasn't there for you? So uh, there's, uh, I don't remember all the questions off the top of my head. I have it uh, documented, but it's what specifically has hurt you? Be specific. Don't generalize. Oh, they're everything about them. It's not everything. They did something or they didn't do something that hurt you. They weren't there for you. They abandoned you. They were mean. They, were, they lied to you. I, I did this with my brother. I was like, we're just driving. You can imagine what I'm like driving and chatting with me. And I was, like, I was like, bro, who do you judge the most in your life? And it was his ex-partner. I'm like, Great. Why do you judge her? It's like, she's just a bitch. I said, okay, well, what specifically did she do or not do? Mm. She's a liar. I said, great. Where do you lie in your life? And he just started laughing. I'm like, it's not the same. Yes, it is, mate. You lie as well. So what's the benefit of her being a liar? And that's one of the harder ones to answer. It's like, there's not any. Does it teach you how to read people? Does it teach you how to listen to people's body language and yeah, understand communication better? Mm. Does that make you a better father? You're a son, right? Does that make you a better communicator? Do you want to understand when he's lying to you so you can pick up on it? What a gift she's given you. And it's just challenging that until you can say, fuck, I'm actually grateful for this. Yeah, okay. Because what's coming to mind for me is um, perhaps when it involves distrust, you know, because say if, you know, through traumatic experiences through childhood and whatnot, um, I can understand it can make you tougher and and whatnot. But I guess um, when it makes you distrust humans in general and because, if you know, especially if you're uh, being beaten by several people, you know, like... I guess, how do you get to a point of um, gratitude when it might be, say, for someone who's gone over it for a really long period of time yeah. and now they kind of hate ev- hate the world, hate everyone? Yep. Yeah, it's like, say, I'm, I'm a visual person, so I normally have diagrams and shit, but so 
for you guys anyways. So from when you were born to now, there mm-hmm. might be 5,000 bigger, smaller traumas of it. And it's not like you're going to sit down and just heal everything tonight, mm. <laughs> today. It's not like bugger. you go through and you collapse each of them one by one. And one single collapse might take five hours. To do this process, you write it down until you identify every single little trait, every single thing you see is wrong and see the rights to it. And that might take five hours for one. And we might have a thousand each mm-hmm. from how old you are now from when you were born. So it takes time. And uh, I guess... The process still is still very much the same. It's just it just takes time, man. Uh, yeah, there's okay. no uh, there's um there's a graph in mass. I actually forget the name of it, but it's like you know like the x and y axis where it never touches the x axis mm. like yeah. exponentially. It will just it yeah. will always get closer, but yeah, it will like never get asymptote. there. I think it's an asymptote. Yeah, I think asymptotic. There you go. I've said this like five times. First one to get it. Thank you. So <laughs> it's you'll never get there. Yeah, That's yeah. what healing is. Mm-hmm. You will. We will never be perfectly healed. Mm-hmm. We always have things we're working on. And I'm reading an awesome book now called "The Body Keeps the Score," and it's very mm-hmm. much around the triggers. Your triggers reveal where you haven't healed yet. Mm-hmm. So if you can just be conscious of your triggers and appreciate, we're never going to be fully healed. Mm-hmm. And you'll get triggered the most in an intimate relationship. That's why I work a lot with relationships with uh, people because if I, like, I've, I, I, be, I barely know Will. I've met you, I think, once at um, the Mega Run, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met yourself today. So yeah. it's um. So, but if we were to date each other, I would get to know you a lot more than today, right? Mm-hmm. So I would bring up all those things to the surface and vice versa. So like me and my partner, we had a disagreement this morning and we brought up some of our wounds and we triggered each other. So those relationships whether intimate or just close deep relationships they're going to bring most of your triggers to the surface or the mo- more triggers than anyone else to the surface and that's why it's important to understand how to heal through it how to hold space for each other because mm-hmm. i find especially just from my experience anyways it is generally the males that hate that fact where the feminine which is generally male and female can play both roles but generally the male is the masculine generally the female is the feminine is the masculine doesn't like the chaos. They don't like the triggers. They don't like the drama. They don't like the fights. But when you can see that and just view it through the lens of when I'm triggered, I'm actually given the opportunity to heal. That's when your relationship grows so much more. So mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of going off track with your point, but it's very much the same. Just for if you're referring to a friend or a family member, it's just understand that you will repeat triggers until you heal through it. I think I did a video on that like yesterday or the day before. You will continue to attract people. Uh, this is Peter Crone, another great guy to go follow if you guys don't. Is you will attract people and circumstances to reveal where you are not free. So you will attract people, partners, friends, business partners, people you bump into the street on who will trigger you to reveal where there's healing to be done, mm. where there is growth or lack of freedom that there is there. So... It's not an overnight, you do one breathwork session, one ice bath, and you're fucking <laughs> yeah. healed forever, right? Yeah, so yeah. You'll have we your tried. Yeah, 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 if I get, didn't work, <laughs> fuck, just give up on the self-help shit. So it's, yeah, If for anyone that's listening, go read the book. It's, a, it's not a big book. I think it's 200 pages long, and there's literally a step-by-step. I think it's 13 questions long to go through it yep. of the actual process. And what was that one called again? That's the... The Breakthrough Experience the breakthrough by Dr. Experience. John Demartini. Cool. Uh, it's it's my number one. Whenever someone asks for a book recommendation, it's number one, I, I say, without hesitation. So there's a process to go through it, uh, and it can be challenging. And he's got examples in the book of people that have been sexually assaulted, been, been abused, been abandoned, been etc. And he mm. does the same process every single time. So just Excellent. put awareness on it. Until you can say you're grateful for it, you haven't let go of it. Mm. And the judgment of holding on to it, you attract more of it into your life, ironically, as well. Mm. So if I got... That's good. Because I was just thinking, okay, so for some, I guess, 
I'll use myself as an example. I was a blackout drinker. Yep. So, and a lot of the time, I guess I was doing things, to, I guess, I've heard that like, even if I'm not unconscious, like I'm not consciously aware of what I was doing, the body is like holding or storing that trauma. Yep. I guess this year trying to explore, well, how do I get this shit? If I have trauma in me, well, how do I know I've got trauma in yep. me? And then how do I bring this stuff up if I'm not consciously aware of it yep. in me because I was blackout drinking all yep. the time? What's your thoughts on that? There's, it's it's a can of worms. It's, it's, it's it, This is my interest. This is I, I, I listen to this shit all day and read this stuff all day. So same book I'm referring to, You're Not Broken. Um, she, um, she mentions there's traumas that are buried traumas where you can't actually remember it. Mm. And that's the challenge. That's the, it's kind of not, not the answer you're probably looking for. But it's um, this is where the, the subconsciously it's in there. Mm. Like, and you might have, this is where I had a conversation with a, with a friend this morning about this. She's like, oh, I've just been really struggling to sleep at night. So... I normally draw a pendulum again, I'm quite a visual person, but you're just like when you do cut your arm, we don't have to tell our body, go heal the cut. It just does it, right? Mm. There's intelligence within us. When from a sperm to an egg to having ears, limbs, fuck it's intelligence all within that, right? Now you, our mind wants to heal as well. But how often, just like when you do an ice bath or when you sleep, to let your body heal in an optimal environment, how often do we give our mind the optimal environment to heal? Mm. Most people do everything but sit in their own thoughts. It's social media, drinking, partying, work, hustle. Uh, a lot of I'm very guilty of that working, never stop working as, mm. as my trigger response. So it's putting awareness on it. Your body won't forget it. So you'll keep getting the trigger. The trigger mm. won't go away until you heal it. That's where other modalities can come into it, whether it's psychedelics. I'm not sure if you guys explore that or talk about that. I've gone into that, but that's something I'm quite interested in. I look into it. I do do it myself. I participate mm. myself in it. That's another way of doing it. I remember... Yeah. So we did. I did a mushroom ceremony about a month ago now. Awesome. Friend of mine. So I explored that and just tripped balls and just giggled for the afternoon. Yeah. But I guess I was in preparation for shit to come up, and yep. then nothing presented itself. But then again, it's just like, oh, maybe you didn't do enough. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Had any experience with it? Uh, yeah, I have before. I haven't participated in a in a mushroom ceremony, yep. but I've taken them uh, quite a lot. When I first got sober, I kind of went through a phase of taking psychedelics and I microdosed for a yeah. while and did some awesome. different bits and pieces. But, um, but yeah, I think um, because Will and I have been talking about this is, you know, we'll like, I, I'm quite aware of some things that happened when I was younger yep. that I can really put my finger on and say, yeah, like yep. I can see how I can kind of connect the dots. And I think Will and I have talked a lot off the podcast about how Will doesn't really know if much traumatic stuff happened to him, yep. but, but really, but truly, you know, really drawn to alcohol and, um, and that's been a real, I guess, a real thing for, for Will this year. And that's why he was interested in doing the mushroom ceremony. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, how do we, you know, if there's a case like Will where you might have an addiction, but you don't, you can't really put your finger on, I guess, what you call acute trauma or, yeah. you know, like you, you got bashed up or yeah. an abusive parent or anything. Um, yeah. How, how can someone navigate that? Like, yeah. Well, like I certainly pinpoint, um, like I had a relationship breakdown in my early 20s that that was sort of the catalyst oh, that accelerated the drinking. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah. But then I guess from there, then I guess, cause it was just an endless cycle of just like getting drunk, fucking up, yeah. pissing someone off, yeah. hurting somebody, hurting myself, waking up the next day, feeling like shit. Yeah. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. All right, back to the bar, just yeah. drink again. And then yeah. just repeat, repeat the cycle for yeah. many years. Um, but yeah, I just interrupted you. So. No, <laughs> yeah, this is good. And yeah, yeah. So I value vulnerability and I like that you guys share this on your podcast and you mm. guys, are, it's a, it's an open conversation. It's, it's a similar answer, but 
your body won't you you'll just continue to repeat it until you do heal through it which there's just maybe looking at different modalities of it that's what mm. i was sort of mentioned mm-hmm. like i did um if dr epstein if you've seen him around on socials i went and did one of his events um a couple of weeks ago and he did like a dmt breathwork session where you're pretty mm. much activating the dmt that you do naturally produce in your mm. body and i did a fuckload of releasing like i was crying and shaking doing mm. it and i've done i've been doing this for about Oh, four or five years my I guess myself healing journey and like more shit came up insane images of my dad that I hadn't thought of I can't remember the last time I thought of it I was like fucking hell I've been doing this for five six years and that came up from because I'd never done a DMT breathwork session mm. so that's maybe exploring other modalities is probably a, a way to do it if you can't cognitively think of it and you can't actually fuck where is that coming from there's again you'll ne- you, the graph you'll never get there you'll never be fully yeah. there it's just yeah been aware of it like even one of my one of my close clients that i worked with this year he uh he had a lot of stuff with relationships that's like and you'll get triggered most, a lot of them will shop in the relationship that's mm-hmm. where you, the most amount of spiritual growth you'll do in your fucking life is in an intimate relationship because mm-hmm. they're going to bring that shit up whether you like it or not so if you can just start to at least control the dialogue and put consciousness on it like okay great why did that trigger me like i remember an example from off oh, about a month ago now, I was just I was upstairs working. My partner asked me to put the dinner on, and I I did my mass and I fucked the mass up by fifteen minutes. And she got home and I was working away and I was like, "Fuck, I'm crushing work in flow state." She gets in, pulls up home, hadn't put the food on by fifteen minutes, and snaps at me. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. I, I actually planned this out. I was actually going to do what I did. I got my timing wrong by 15 minutes and she snapped at me and then I snapped back and then the, we're in a little trigger response with each other. We're in each other's wounds. And I was like, after we regulated, came down. All right, great. I'm like, where's this coming from? Where did I used to get snapped out when I thought I was doing the right thing? My dad used to do this. Mm-hmm. He would just come home and snap at mum, snap at me, snap at brother when we were, in our opinion, doing the right thing. So you'll just continue to get them and just by just putting the questions out there, where's this coming from? What have I been through? What specifically is getting me? Is it the action, the inaction, the trait? The For me, I had a lot of um, pain around bullying in school. That was a big pain for me growing up. And I remember there was one in particular, year eight, I went to, are you guys from the, are you Gold Coast boys? I'm from Adelaide. I'm local, yeah. yeah. I went to PBC down mm-hmm. south, so public school, football school, quite a rough school yeah. for most people's measures. And I remember our first week of school, first 10 days of our year eight school, uh, high school, there was a fight in the playground every fucking week. I'm like, fuck, this is hectic. From a private school to this, um, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I just remember there was this um, there was this one kid in particular, I remember his name, and he just was so repelling to me. Like I'd go up to him and I'd like not, I'd walk literally like on the other side just to stay away from him. And he would um, pick fights with everyone and everything like that. And this was, oh, this was what? year eight this was like 10 plus years ago and obviously not aware of the stuff i'm aware of now but since understanding the stuff i'm like why was that so triggering to me what was it was it what did he do did he say something to do something it was his you know they're they all toxic to- i don't like using the word toxic but toxic macho masculine energy where it's like they're just super control of super assertive super dominant mm. that's what it was i'm like where's that coming from coming from dad coming from uh, bullies in other schools so it's just by applying the consciousness to it it will be in there somewhere for all of us putting journaling breath work psychedelics um, journal, they're, the, they're the main modalities I use I'm sure there's more out there that's where Reiki healings I haven't actually done a Reiki healing session my partner has she's got a huge value from that uh, there's a lot of spiritual healers ayahuasca that's another I guess, psychedelic journey I haven't gone down that that's something I want to try but 
yeah, there's, I think, Tance, if you can't physically remember, just start putting awareness. Where do you think it's come from? Mm. That's something uh, uh, something I've, I've done recently. Um, like my partner, we were kind of wrestling around and being silly with each other. And my partner pinned me down and she's like, sing for me. And I froze up like, no, tomorrow. And I was like, she's like, why the fuck are you so triggered right now? I'm like, you're right. Why the fuck am I? <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, and I, I, got, I had a lot of social anxiety and I struggled mm. with making friends. I'm like... I can't remember it, but it would have to be something like someone would have, I would have sung and someone said, you sound like shit or something. It had mm. to be something, it has to be like, that makes mm. sense. That's where it probably comes from. Uh, having conversations with parents is a good exercise. I've done that as well. I said, mom, what was I like as a kid? What was really painful for me as a kid? From your perspective, what was painful for me? If you've got the luxury of knowing your parents and you mm. can do that. So there's a lot of ways to tackle it, different angles to, to go at it by. But if you can find where it's come from and then apply that process I'm referring to, you'll be able to get to a point where you're like, fuck, I'm grateful that's happened. And then you won't get triggered by it, which was the point before. Have you chatted about this stuff with your parents? Like you, with your, yep. all the stuff with your dad? Yeah. yeah. We've had, I've had, uh, had a really healing conversation with them actually. Mm. Like I went and saw him and um, I won't, uh, I won't uh, lay out all the family stuff on this podcast, but mm. there's not great energy between some of the family members. Mm. And I'm kind of in the catalyst, being in the middle on, sure. on all sides. And, I said, like, Dad, can I be really honest with you about something? Because he's, he's blaming them, they're blaming him, and I'm in the middle. So I said, Dad, can I just be really honest with you? Like, my, my version of growing up is, you didn't make me feel sane. I got really hurt as a kid with you. And I know you didn't mean it. I know your intention's good. You've always done what's best for us in your heart, in your eyes. But this is where it's come from for me. Mm. And it was hard for him to hear it. But... Yeah, it was. Um, that was one of the hard. That was only. This was this. That was this year. That was probably mm-hmm. six months ago. So mm-hmm. that was a hard conversation to have, but very relieving conversation to have. So yeah, definitely good exercise to do if you've uh, got the opportunity to do it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would be like a tough conversation to have. But once again, like yeah, like once you do it, once you get over that, I guess that that hesitance. Oh shit! This could. Who knows what this shit could hit the fan if I if I spout this. And then yeah, if if there's growth on the other side, and then you're better for it. Mm. Um, it's certainly powerful. Yeah. One of the questions we were going to line up as well, Will, was around, I suppose, when someone is engaging in, I suppose, a lot of these practices to improve their mental health, but yet they're still at a point where they're, I guess, feeling depressed or deeply unhappy. Because mm. um, I guess a thing that I'm interested in is, is yeah, when, when does mindset coaching and, um, and I guess, behaviours... Uh, or not behaviors, but practices that you can enforce in your life. So, you know, going sober, exercising, doing all yep. those things. Um, and then I guess drawing the line between that and I suppose, you know, like clinical depression. And yep. then like where does it turn into more clinical style? Yeah. Um, you know, when is it the right time to know when, okay, whatever I'm engaging in, it doesn't seem to be working. When, when should I seek medical attention? Mm. And I guess just drawing the line between the, between the two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, yeah. Will. Yeah, well, it's just that. yeah. Like if you're you're doing all the things they say, or you, you got you're eating well, you're exercising, you're getting outside, you're drinking lots of water. If you, you cut out the bullshit, you know, if you quit drinking, you quit smoking, you quit drugs, you, you, yeah. you're straight and narrow. But then you're still having episodes of depression, yeah. and then it's just like you were saying, you know, where where are we sort of going with like, is this something that needs medical assistance, or mm. is there still something else there yeah. um, that could be of assistance? And I guess like the work that you do. Yeah. I've, got, I've got strong beliefs around this and I don't mean any uh, offence to you gentlemen or no. for anyone listening mm-hmm. to this but yeah, feel free. The, the method I use has only worked every time so yeah. there's not one person I've used this with that it hasn't worked for so mm-hmm. until I do then I'll look for I guess the answer I guess the point on there though 
whenever you feel like you need support, reach out. So if yeah. you if it's a one out of ten and you feel like you need some support, fucking reach out. Mm-hmm. Whether that's medical, professional, coach, therapist, whatever. Mm-hmm. So because I'm because I do share my beliefs around stuff like this. Some people think I'm anti medication, anti coaching, mm-hmm. anti therapy. Fuck no. Like if you anti antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Anti-anti. laughs> there you go. So it's uh so I'm definitely not that. So if you need help, fucking reach out. That's first and foremost. So in the healing process I always preframe like if anything if too much stuff comes up, stop. Like like it going to the gym. You go to you hit your threshold, you don't go and then kill yourself. You go pull it back, regulate, recharge, re uh, revitalizing you go again you go a bit further mm. so that's the healing as well so don't feel like again you're just going to heal yourself and do all this incredible stuff in one session but my formula that I, I i use every single time number one is live to your values and just to explain that in a little bit more detail statue of david again like we when you were that young kid you didn't struggle with depression right i've never met a single person born with depression and mm. unless there's some mutation out there which is point zero 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 one percent of people i've never met anyone depo- uh, born with depression so from when you were born to whenever the ages you got diagnosed with, and I'm very passionate about this because I got diagnosed with Asperger's, ADHD, autism. So I've been given all the labels, mm-hmm. all the medications. So I get quite riled up. When I I'm talk a bit about taken this. back that you had social anxiety at one oh, point. I, still, you, I, got, <laughs> I felt uncomfortable coming here, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you guys. Yeah. I, I still you don't get show it. it. <laughs> no. when, I t- when you talk about your values, mm. you're confident. My highest value is coaching. I'm coaching right now. I feel mm. good. So when I'm talking about coaching, learning, if we talk about self-development, I'm going to be very intrigued. If I was to ask you guys to teach me something, I'd be very intrigued. So... Your, your values is what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. Values is not human emotions. Like some of us say, I value honesty. Where do you lie in your life? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like you don't value characteristics. Values are areas of life that are your priority, life priorities. So for example, uh, I don't know you can well enough, but I'd say whatever you guys do this, whether it's teaching might be important to you guys or mm-hmm. contribution or career or relationship or friends or business or money. It's areas that you do. If you go to the gym consistently, health is probably a value of yours. Mm. Or it might be wellness or vitality. You might call it something else, but you demonstrate your values. If you're constantly reading books, learning is probably important to you. Mm. So it's not, when people say values, I think loyalty, honesty, respect, trust, whatever, they're all characteristics. They're human traits that we all have, right? We're mm. all honest, we're all unhonest, right? We all are honest, but we all lie. So number one is values. Because think about this just for yourself. Think of your top five areas of life. So for me, mine are coaching, learning, relationships, friendships, and wealth. They're my top five. And your values come from your voids. What was most painful for you comes important to you later. So mm-hmm. if you had pain around money, for me, growing up, money will come important to you later. If you had pain around relationships, relationship comes important to you later. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So what your values are, what are most important to you, pretend they will all turn into shit that you won't be prioritized, you're putting other people's needs ahead of your own mm. and they'll all turn into shit. How would you feel? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to and say, do that yeah. for long enough. What's that trans- transition into? Depression. Mm-hmm. Second step, look after your health. So there's a piece of the puzzle because if you eat shit, feel like shit, don't move your body, so all that stuff. So that's a piece of it. Third one is from the early conversation where you've got a trigger reaction. Your trigger re- reaction might be depression. So you go through, you see mum and dad fight, which is traumatic to you. And your way to cope with it is you get depressed because their mum and dad stop fighting, they look after you. Then you get triggered by something that reminds you of that. You trigger depression all the time. Mm -hmm. So third step is heal your traumas. Mm -hmm. Fourth step is hang around the right people. You hang around depressed people. You pick up people's energies. If you do those four, but number one will do it for nice people. Because you say it's this uh, post-traumatic depression that happens a lot for mums because that's one of the rare times where you need to biologically put someone's needs ahead of your own. Mm -hmm. If you don't, your kid's going to die, right? Mm -hmm. So... 
so a lot of mothers lose themselves as they had kids because they literally stop prioritizing their values because they need to look after a kid. I'm depressed, yeah, because you're not looking after yourself. Let's go through this a values determination process. What do you think about? What do you talk about? What do you spend your money on? What do you visualize about? What goals have remained consistent? Uh, there's about there's about 13 questions, uh, 12 questions. So you go through, get clear on what's most meaningful to you and do it. It's the statue of David again. Reveal yourself. Mm-hmm. When you were that safe, where you felt safe as a kid, you weren't depressed. You were happy, confident. I'm confident right now speaking about coaching. If you mm-hmm. got me up and did something that I was shit at or I wasn't good at, if you got me to sing on this fucking microphone right now, I wouldn't be very confident. Yeah. So it's be you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my formula. I've done it. Any, anyone that I've worked with consciously for that reason, do that. It's always worked. Okay. So And I'm yet to have one that doesn't. If, as soon as I do, I'll, I, I've said it on video. I said, if you don't believe me, I'll work with you personally if you actually put in the effort because it's drag horse water yeah. and I make them drink. So Because mm-hmm. some people, this is a, please keep this one. If you fight for your problems, you get to keep them. Mm-hmm. if you that I'm depressed that's who I am there you go yeah. <laughs> like keep it mm-hmm. the strongest force in the human psyche is to remain consistent with how you define yourself if you're a depressed person you're a depressed person mm-hmm. if you're a smoker if you're a drinker it's like people saying I haven't had a drink for 50 days but I am a drinker you're going to be drinking again soon because mm-hmm. that's who you are mm-hmm. so as long as someone's ready to change they want to change they, they've been able to be honest enough to say, I've got things to work on and we all do, right? I've yeah. got shit I'm still working on too. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're willing to change and you do those four things, I've never had anyone not not very depressed. Mm-hmm. Will you experience depression though? Yes. Think about it. Depression is feedback that you're putting other people's values ahead of your own. Mm-hmm. If, I, if next week, for example, something happens and I don't do any coaching, I don't do any learning, I don't know any time of my relationships, which includes my partner and my friends, and my wealth turns to shit, mm. I'm going to feel pretty shit. Mm-hmm. And if you do that for long enough, people talk about the chemical imbalance. Your imbalance changes from food, training, all that stuff as well. But what you focus on, when you're doing something, what's something that's meaningful to both of you guys? What's probably, if you had to think, what's your highest value from what we've spoken about? What do you think about the most, talk about the most, do the most, spend money on? What's kind of, what's one of the first answers that come oh, to the mind? podcast. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that might be teaching, that yeah. might be contribution, that might be learning, whatever you categorize that is. Like I would, for my part, I call this coaching. This is coaching for me and also yeah. friendships. So relationships, mm-hmm. I'm building relationships here. So, yeah. um, so if you stop doing this for a while, how would it feel? Yeah, well, there'd definitely be a hole missing now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that we've got used to it, um, yeah, yeah, and no, I'd miss it. I'd miss doing it. And that's yeah. feedback that you're not putting after yourself. Low mm. self-worth is feedback you're not prioritizing your values. Mm-hmm. If you just, honestly, if you do those four, you're pretty good. But you're going to still experience it. That's the part where I don't like to say I have it. Like I got to, I have this, I have social anxiety. Yeah. Imagine what I was like when I believed it. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I, I still get it. I still used to, I'm consciously don't do it now. I used to smoke a fuckload of weed before I go to any social event. Mm-hmm. I used to, I would have normally done it coming to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've worked on it enough so I don't need it, but I used to subscribe to that belief. I am anxious. I have this disorder. I have this condition. Mm-hmm. I experience anxiety. Mm-hmm. I experience depression. Mm-hmm. But as long as you've got good framing around it and you understand it and not be so hard on yourself. Because yeah. people actually say it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Anxiety keeps us alive. Yeah. If a tiger walked in here, I think we'd get anxious and get over this fucking balcony. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's going to keep us alive. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with feeling it. And people have these rules like, if I feel it, then I'm a bad person, which makes you feel shitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, depression is just feedback that you're not looking after yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys yeah. don't go to the gym, I think health, I don't, again, I don't know you personally, you're a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think health is quite important to you, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. So if you didn't train for a week, how would you feel? 
<laughs> you just feel shit. Yeah. yeah, and that's feedback. You're not looking after yourself. Mm. If your family is mm. important to you guys, if you haven't seen, like, family is not a high value of me. I can go months without seeing my family. Not a high value of mine. Mm. Some people they go oh, that day without talking to their family, they feel shit. Yeah, yeah, everyone's got their own unique set of values as well, which is a good point. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, a lot of the research that or, or reading and things that I've done over the years has been probably more around, uh, yeah, I guess traditional psychology. Um, a lot of it is pathologizing people and yeah, like labeling people and yeah. then different types of medication. Because Will and I have both been through that counseling and more the traditional help and so which obviously has a you know a very long-standing scientific backing and you know millions of people over the course of history have contributed to to psychology and and medicine and so um and because i I love this idea of mindset coaching but i guess i just want to know more about you know where it comes from and 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 a lot of this information what's the i guess the um yeah like you've talked about some of the resources that that you mentioned and because mindset coaches also there seems to be um yeah, a fair few around on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. You know, the it's Gold a, Coast, though. everyone's a fucking coach, right? That's yeah. right. So I guess I, I just want to talk a bit about the validity of mindset coaching, yeah, sure. as long as it's not too. Man, I'm an open yeah, book yeah, guy. Yeah. I, I did a podcast. Uh, I do live videos. Quite. You said you jumped on mm. the other day, and I had this uh, girl on um on in, on TikTok. Sorry, and she's like, "What are your qualifications? You're a fucking charlatan. No one listened to this prick." Blah 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 blah. So I um. I like talking about it mm-hmm. and I'm, I guess my, my style of teaching is I don't go too much into the nuts and bolts of the chemical aspect of it. That's where I just refer people to do it. I had someone uh, like have a huge attack on me on a post and mm-hmm. I said, Hey man, if you're actually open to a chat, let's have a chat. So I jumped in the DMs with them, had a chat with them. I said, look, what, where's your evidence? Where's your sources? Blah, blah, blah. There's no worries, man. I'll just send you a couple of things that are people that are into it. Like Joe Dispenza, Dr. John Martini, Dr. Sarah Woodhouse, Dr. Nicole LaPria. And I just send them X, Y, Z. I say, okay. look, if you're open to it, genuinely, again, the horse to water. If you're actually open to it, I'll send you a couple of things. Have a watch. Let me know your thoughts. Sure. And half of them, half of them won't even watch it and just block me anyways. But the, um, the a couple that have said, that was actually really helpful. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for actually showing the other side of it. So, depending how, where do you want me to take? I'm just so I can answer yeah, your yeah, question yeah. directly. I'm just impressed you managed to change someone's mind on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We struggle that, with that. <laughs> I yeah. guess, I guess, I just yeah. Um, you, well, you've just mentioned a few a few people there. Some some of the the backing, but I guess, I guess my concern is, um, you know, because a lot of the people listening have had big problems with alcohol, yeah. and so it, it really it really can be a matter of life and death. This kind of stuff and. Um, my only concern would be maybe not for, for everyone, but the people that are really, you know, struggling with serious alcoholism, how I would be concerned if they're, if they're going to mindset coaching and not feeling good, like not going to seek medical help. That's yep. kind of what I'm saying. So like, yeah, for sure. how can we be confident that, that mindset coaching is really going to be able to assist in, in, uh, in helping people that, that may have like seriously, um, you know, strong addictions and, uh, and you know quite serious depression yeah that's, that's kind of why that, where that's I'm a coming great question, from. yeah and I, I like the fact you guys are just like you're just you guys are having the taboo conversations like, yeah. this is awesome is i think this i think it's a quite a catch-22 where people say they need more uh, mental health depression suicide needs more uh conversations need more people yeah. talking about it but when someone says something they don't agree with they get slandered for it so mm-hmm. it's um on your point i think to I guess advise people that are sort of in that position they're kind of weighing up XYZ do both I do if you were to look for someone I guess out of the this is just a very big picture way of viewing life as well Mm -hmm. most people are shit at most things and if you think about a lot of people that get into I guess the mental health or um, psychotherapy psychologists therapists 
a lot of them got into it because of their own shit they're working on as well. So sometimes, and I've had, I, I haven't got enough to, to give a solid uh, stance on them. I've had about five of them, five mm-hmm. clients where they come to me and they say, look, I've had a therapist X, Y, Z uh, for about two to four years and I've had no improvement from them. Mm-hmm. There's like they kind of reinforce the problems they've got. Sure. And then they just talk about it, which is awesome. And it's good to open up. A lot of healing is from being seen. Mm-hmm. Just by sharing and unloading and someone loving you unconditionally, that's very healing for a lot of people. But so I would suggest find someone who's got results from them, someone that you do connect with, someone that you vibe with, get both, go down the medical route, do both. But I've just, I've yeah, had yeah. people, I've got family members have been on anxiety t- tablets for 15 years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's and, pretty common. It is very common that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, and I always talk about look at the cause, not the symptom. Mm-hmm. So, like anxiety or depression is the symptom. Mm-hmm. So, the symptom of not well, from my formula is that that's a symptom of it. The medication just numbs the symptom, doesn't fix the cause. If you've got a trauma that just keeps getting triggered every two seconds, mm-hmm. and you're just taking medication to numb it, which is awesome and it has its place. My place and timing for that is if you're at a really dark place mm-hmm. right now take it so it gets you through yeah but you've got to address the cause eventually otherwise you're just on that for the rest of your life yeah, yeah i mean will and i have both been we're quite open we've both been on antidepressants before we're, we're not on them now but yeah. but yeah we've both well, been guys. down that awesome. because because yeah for me it was yeah i was in a super dark place yeah. where it was like yeah i need something um so yeah it, that's good advice yeah. to mention to people is yeah if you do get to that point of um yeah super darkness obviously um seek medical attention yeah do that's what I was saying before. Like some people like kind of paint me the anti anti uh, yeah. uh, tablet stuff. It's like if you do whatever you need to keep fighting the battle, but just make sure you are consciously going to the cause of it. Because I find from the traditional old school thinking of it is they do just tack on the symptoms the whole time, mm-hmm. which only tackles the symptoms. And then mm-hmm. there's people that are just met it up for ten years. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because really. I mean, the, the total number of people in the world that would be experiencing symptoms of depression, you know, it, 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 I don't know the number, but it's millions, millions upon millions yeah, yeah. upon millions. And, you know, it's unfortunately we can't heal everyone. We don't, we just don't have the, the manpower. Um, and so I can see why doctors are wanting to medicate. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's interesting to talk about that, yeah, actually healing the wounds underneath whatever, for whatever reason you're having these these symptoms is, is probably the... The, the best course of action, but it's probably just getting access to that. Yeah. Because it's, maybe it's not that you, available. You just yeah. said that beautifully, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I guess, I mean, like for medical doctors, to, I mean, I guess my perspective, like both my parents' background is medicine. And I guess how many people they can see in a day. Yeah. And then how, you know, you know, I guess for yourself, like you'll have a limit of how many people you'll coach at a time because you want to be invested yeah. in and build a relationship with each of your clients. Yeah. So yeah, you're not going to be coaching a hundred, a thousand people, yeah. you know. Whereas doctors could be yeah. seeing, you know, I mean, I, you know, however many people they can see in a day, and how, you know, if it's for fifteen minutes, yeah. and it's just like, well, these are the symptoms. Oh like, yeah, well, yeah. how about you try this? You're not, you might not have the time to sort of, okay, well, what is going on in your yeah. life, yeah. And, and then dive <laughs> a, a bit point. deeper. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's um, that's kind of the perspective that I got. Yeah, I guess, as well, and then I guess like because yeah, like I took multiple multiple different antidepressants over the years. It was just all right. Well, you take antidepressants and then you go to therapy, and yeah, I it can be used as a tool, but yeah, like if you're not addressing, I guess the underlying issue yeah. as well. And that part there is just the big difference that I don't think everyone gets. Mm. Though you'll have some people that do, but some people that just don't, and people that fall into that bucket of don't. That's a 
that's a long, never-ending journey of not fixing it. Mm. So if, as long as if you just click that and be like, great, use the tools that are at your disposal, what you have access to. Some people might not even have access to the right doctors or anyone to get help from. Mm. As long as you just have the awareness, look, I need to fight through the battle and just keep fighting and do mm. what you need to do to do that. And then when you're at a place where you can start looking underneath the hood mm. and go into the cause, as long as you just understand that and find your strategy, whether it's a book that I've recommended today or another coach or a... Like there's so many out there mm-hmm. that um, that deal with the stuff. Obviously, NLP is becoming very popular. They, they do the events around Broad Peach. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you probably every yeah. second person will be doing their NLP yeah. down here. So yeah, yeah. As long as as long as they actually, when they're ready, approach the cause, even mm-hmm. though that's where the scariest shit generally mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, that um, as long as that's in their psychology somewhere, that I'm going to get there eventually, even though it's going to be scary, overwhelming, whatever it may be. That's where the magic is. We just want you alive and kicking. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's right. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. If it means taking medication, if it means therapy, if yeah, it means yeah. getting a coach, just, yeah, just whatever keeps you fucking breathing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just snip that out. That's the... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. One foot in front of the other. That's right. And and how can someone, I guess, select a mindset coach? Um, obviously, you're available and there's other ones out there, but because there is no, I guess, formal qualification or, or formal you know, training structure such as a psychologist or a counsellor, how can someone choose between someone who might be super experienced and someone who has just paid a lot for a course, like a short course, and almost no experience? Because, you know, there seems to be a lot around. And even with um, NLP, it's, you know, I've, I've heard some stories and it's, you know, borderline extortion and I'm not even sure what's going on yeah, in terms of, um, you know, I, I mean... I don't know a lot about it, so yeah. don't take what I say as gospel. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, off off the bat, from what I hear, it's it sounds kind of problematic, and yeah. it, and I guess that's the only concern I have with with that particular model. Um, so I guess yeah, how can someone find the right person that can actually assist them versus someone who may have paid for a program and really doesn't have experience? I guess to your point, I, I've done my NLP. I did it about four years ago. Yep. Uh, I didn't do it in the big mass rooms with like thousands and hundreds of people. It mm. was like a yeah. guy that does a very, uh, like I think it was 30 of us that did it because I wanted a bit more one-on-one touch with it. NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, it's just communicating, looking at why people are saying certain things. Like if you say something about like, and I can hear a lot of judgment about it, I'll come back to why are you judging that? Mm. And so it's just kind of listening to... And then asking questions, it's like, oh, I hate this person. Okay, well, what if there was a third person seeing this? What would they see? So it's just like getting people to see things at different angles. That's very mm. simplistic NLP in, in a nutshell. To answer your question, see, make sure they've gotten results, multiple, multiple results. Because, yeah, and like, guilty as charged. When I first got into self-development when I was 18, I watched like a Tony Robbins video on YouTube and I thought I was fucking going to change the world. <laughs> and I'll jump on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook and talk, regurgitate his shit on it. I was that person uh, eight years ago. That was me. So mm. there is a fuckload of people that are in there. I like the intention, mm. the people, good energy. Can't can't mm. knock the intention behind yeah, sure. it. Yeah, I understand that. But yeah, yeah. Find, definitely find people that, that have got proven results, people that you align with. Most people, I guess, depending on the level that they're at, like I do, I do free discovery calls. Like I jump on for 30 minutes and just see if I am the right fit for them. Because if they've got... And like... I think this is a, a nice touch that I, I'd like more people to dive into is be honest if you can't help someone. Mm. If someone comes to me with X, Y, Z, blah, 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 with all these things that I've never 
delved into. Mm. I, I would say, look, I haven't gone into that. I'm not sure if I'm the right person for you. I don't want to, whatever, I would consider this. I do do this. If this helps you, let's go into that. But mm. I'm not here to give you smoke and mirrors. So yeah. I, I'd like to see a little bit more of that in the coaching world. I think there's a lot of coaches just try to take fucking anyone that's going to give them money. Yeah, and, so, yeah. Um, and, it, and it seems like some of it is a lot of money. Like I don't know a lot about the financials, but it's, you know, uh, I mean, I spoke to one and it, it sort of worked out that the, the actual amount of one-on-one time I'd get with this person was something like four or five times more than a traditional psychologist. Yeah. And, you know, and this is someone who doesn't have any... Not not to say that you need to have formal qualifications because I understand that there's a lot of information out there with the internet now. You can yeah. pretty much learn any, everything you'd learn in a degree. Yeah. You could probably learn it yourself. But yeah. I guess if I'm investing that amount of money, uh, you know, it... it it would concern me if it was someone who doesn't have a lot of experience to yeah. be investing that kind of money yeah, and, and virtually not get results. So, yeah, because yeah. So, you'd want results and yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Investing, you know, thousands of dollars, you kind of want to be sure, like, okay, this is really going to help me improve my mental mm-hmm. health. And um, and yeah, I've, I mean, I know people that have had had mindset coaching, and it really has, you know, well worth the money. Yeah. So I guess do you, do you know um, do you come across many of these coaches that you would maybe steer clear from and like you say you maybe spend your time searching for a better one i don't spend too much time searching for them because obviously i'm i'm doing my thing and i'm working with clients yeah sure Um, i do see them come across um because uh i I follow a lot of people that train nlp and that's kind of Mm -hmm. like the breeding ground for these coaches yeah (laughs) they they, they do they do a um they do an nlp and then they're out to change the world which again i like the intention um I, i just same things results do you align with them a lot of the healing work is just being seen Mm-hmm. If you've got a lot of shit in you that you haven't expressed, if you express it to someone and feel absolutely loved unconditionally for it, that's fucking powerful. Yeah. And some people don't even get that from therapists. Mm, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, mm. I've had that. <laughs> One of the first therapists I went to, she goes, um, so I said how much I was drinking alcohol. And she goes, oh, I said, should I quit drinking? And she goes, oh, maybe just stick to beers. Just don't drink shots. And I was like, okay. And now, I mean, at the time I believed it, but then I look back now, I'm like, that's what the good. fuck? Like, that's, the most, that's the worst advice ever. Oh, that's good bang for your buck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So like you say, I mean, there's fuckwits everywhere. Yeah. It's probably a good way to put it. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I, yeah. I had one, this, um, I run a gym. I've got a gym as well. That was the yeah. chapter of my, my previous life. But it, uh, I had a, she came around for a trial. I'll, I'll end up being people's life's coach as they did their fucking sales chat. And this girl, she joined, but then she joined and didn't come, like too anxious to come to the gym. I said, look, I want to help you. Come on, let's have a, let's have a consult. Let's chat for an hour. And we ended up doing like unpacking a lot of shit in this hour. And she's mm. like, I've done therapy for four years. I haven't said any of this to any of them. Mm. It's, like, yeah, and, yeah. it's like, I didn't necessarily, I use the tools that I've said on this podcast right now. But a lot of it was the skill that my dad gifted me with is just holding space to make her feel unjudged make her feel loved and make her feel safe just let it out that's interesting and that yeah. that you don't need a, a piece of paper to give you that that's more yeah. of a, that's more of a gift or a talent or it is a skill you can learn it but yeah like that's that's probably something i like to add on to that because yeah i've heard even what you guys are sort of laughing about i've, yeah. I've heard stories like that mm. yeah yeah so i guess i guess to to bring home the point it's it's if you yeah find someone who's got results yep. is someone mm. yeah because there might be people out there that don't have a lot of experience so results and alignment yeah. And alignment. If you, if you and, align yeah. with them, if you, if you, if if I was to work with someone and they didn't actually feel safe to speak to me, there's no fucking magic bullet that's going to fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I found counselling. I don't know about you, Will, but for for me, it was at the start. It was talking about maybe trauma and childhood and things like the first session or two. 
But then quickly after that, it's really around, um, I guess, your thoughts yep. and, and when to identify thoughts and mindfulness. That was like a real, with all the psychologists and counsel I've seen, it's, mindfulness is always there. There's a basis for that. And then beyond that, it's, um, I guess, how to change your life circumstances. So it's asking questions about your work. Yep. Um, like, do you enjoy that? Mm. Re- what relationships do you have in your life? How are you involved in community, et cetera? And then obviously, I mean, for me, it was obviously drug, uh, drug and alcohol yep. um, predominantly because mm. that was me. So, so I guess mindset coaching is, is it's not, is, is that kind of stuff also involved in the coaching? Though, like the, I guess the elements of your life in terms of what you're engaging in work or, um, yeah, like I just- I would call that values. Yeah, okay. What we're talking about for. Yeah, because like community work, if you don't give a fuck about it, that's not going to make you feel that good. Yeah, so sure. It's yeah. like, um, like I, I'm a gamer. That used to be my traumatic reaction when my dad, parents would fight. I'd go play games. Mm. So I love games. I play video games maybe an hour a week or something. So I don't have to put a limit on that. It's getting carried away with it. But <laughs> it's like, but that's fulfilling to me. Like some people want to go out and socialize and go to work in the community, and that fills their cup up. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like playing games for an hour. I tell my partner to piss off and <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> that's my time. So yeah. I'd call that values. So if, if that might be contribution, community, um, I don't know, quality time. I'm not sure how you categorize that. But yeah, that, that for me sounds like values because that okay. might be fulfilling to you, might not be fulfilling to you. Mm. And yeah, then if sure. you guilt someone to doing it, guilt is feedback that you put in someone else's values on top of yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's... Was that your question? I don't know if I answered that. Question. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I guess... Because I, I went to um, I went to a lecture the other night with Jordan Peterson and he yeah. talked about this idea of he said are you depressed or do you just have an awful life yeah. and he kind of said there's seven I mean the way that he you know because it, it's a framework I guess the way his framework is there's seven dimensions to life and that awesome. you need to have meaning within at least one of them yeah. at least you know but ideally all seven and I, I can't I don't think I'll be able to remember them all but it was like intimate relationship family meaningful work creative endeavor yep. exercise. And then there's a couple more that I can't mm. remember, but or, uh, and not indulging in too much pleasure, yeah. like drug, drug and alcohol yeah. or whatever. And I, I, I found that an interesting framework, but, but by the sounds, it's kind of like you're describing. It's kind of the same thing, just in a different, it's just yeah. framed in a slightly different way. Just different tools. Like yeah, I, yeah. I did Epstein stuff, I said the breath work and he does like a circle of life and like, I'm not sure if you had Morgan on this podcast, I didn't know Morgan from the Gold Coast. So. I've heard Morgan Nelson, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. He does a circle of life, Tony Robbins does a circle of life where mm-hmm. it's like, there's a career, personal relationships, spirituality, purpose, time, energy, like there's X amount of areas and like mm-hmm. you want to fulfill all of them. So, they're all just different tools, different strategies. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think all roads lead to Rome to a sense. It's I I, I default to values because values. I, I just I it's my biggest belief that we have our own unique set of um, meaningful areas to us, and our upbringing shapes that. So if you just understand who you authentically are, and be that person, you're gonna be fucking happy. So that's wow. what I live by. Nice man. I mean, it sounds like for you when you turned 18 self-development and then off you went basically that was um yeah that was i guess where a lot of people i guess when you t- i mean for me when i turned 18 it was drinking and partying it was that and i guess you've described that you had probably friends like that but that were trying to sort of drag you that way but you were so focused no this is where i'm going yeah. um i guess do you have any tips for people who might be in the same position that you were Mm. Um, and trying to navigate oh with it well my friends want me to go out and drink but I have other priorities and I'm in a bit of a, a bit of a bind is it mm. just like fuck you I'm, I'm gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> to a degree uh, yeah. I had this um, 
I had a did it. I did a speak last Thursday, and it was a similar question. Like, how do you kind of separate from the the right and the wrong crowd? And there's everything you do or don't do in life. You do or don't do it because there's more benefits to it, consciously or unconsciously. Like going to the gym, as an example. If someone goes to the gym all the time religiously, you go up to them and say, "Why do you go?" And they'll say, "I feel good, confidence, health, community." They'll have all these reasons to do it. You say, why do you not, if someone hates the gym, why do you not go to the gym? Waste of time, I feel judged, I can't keep it off anyways, I fucking hurts, whatever. They'll have mm-hmm. all these. So it's like a, they've got a neuro pathway that's really strong for doing it and someone has a pathway to not doing that that's really strong. So the only reason you're either continuing to do it is because there's more benefits to doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're continuing to hang out with those friends, it's security, it's safe, you know who they are, it's fun. The other options, it's scary, it's uncertain, I'm going to get judged, I'm going to have no friends. So there's more benefits to doing option A than it is option B. Mm. So it was very unconscious the way I, reason I did do it. I, I found a mentor and he was into self-development, he was doing well, he was supporting his family. So I saw all those benefits like, fuck, that's better than that. Mm. So I that was my experience of doing it. Um, and it wasn't this hot, big ceremony, goodbye, farewell, fucking departure and see you later. It was just just kind of like fizzled out just kind of I was spending more and more time like they were going out on the weekend I was working and reading doing, doing books and seminars etc but the tool that I use is get really clear on your vision for life but to the, per- to the point where you like you feel it like you write down like, I've got the house that you live in the partner that you have um, unnamed the kids the impact you do, what you do for work, the income you've got, the car that you drive, the travel that you do, all your values, right? So expand on your values. The coaching that I do, the people that I work with, the impact that I'm making. And then whatever you want to do more or less of, you just link it to that. So it's I, I come from the gym space. I was in the fitness industry for eight years and I got really good at sales because I was using all this mindset shit in my sales. And I'd get clear on... because uh, I was saying before, you either do it or you don't do it because there's more benefits to it. So someone would come to the gym and say, I'm just so unmotivated to train. That's cool. What are you motivated to do? Nothing. So do you love your kids? Yeah. Do you hang out with your kids? Yeah. So you're pretty motivated to hang out with your kids. So that's a high value of theirs. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you tell me, how will you be a better parent by training? And I'm getting them to get clear on why will this be better for them? Because mm. with sales, it's not the job is not to sell them. It's your job to get them to decide to do it. Mm. That's the distinction that makes your sales really powerful because I can't force you gentlemen. I can't, I can manipulate you and force you to do something (laughs) if I had to, but to get you to do something, I want to get you clear on how is it going to benefit you to do it. So for people that are in that position, they're like, I want to, I want to improve the quality of my life, relationships, career, whatever, but I'm maybe with the wrong crowd is get clear on in detail. What's the vision? You won't let go of your certain current reality, even if it's un- unwanted, you don't want it. It's certain, so it's it, it, you've got it there. It's easy to keep it. You will hold on to that until you get so clear on the desired outcome because you need to go through uncertainty, action, fucking failure to get there. So it needs to be so desirable that you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you just link all the things that you want to do. If you want to stop smoking, you want to stop drinking, that's a tool that I do use with, with people with, with some form of addiction, heal the traumas and then link benefits to doing it. So literally simple exercise, write down what do you want to start doing slash stop doing, link 50 to 200 benefits to your top three values. And that takes fucking ages because you'll get to a point, I can't think of any more. What's one more? Oh, fuck, that's one more. And then you've just wired yourself to either stop or start doing whatever it is that you're trying to work on. And I, I would get them to do that for their vision for 
either leaving those friends or not. Mm-hmm. So what do you truly fucking love? What like gets you excited when you read it? When I read my vision, I'm like about to jump through a wall. I'm fucking ready to go. Mm. And then what are the things I want to stop doing? Stop porn, stop drinking, stop addiction, stop scrolling on my phone, stop leaving the fucking house so messy, put the dishes away, whatever it may be, all the small and big things. How and what do I want to start doing? And how do I link all of those to that? Mm. And then you just, it's like the... Um, success cycle you get more momentum more excitement like i get more inspired every day to do it because i'm getting closer to it i'm starting to feel it i'm starting to see it starting to taste it so that's probably the tool i would Mm. i would do depending on the circumstance it might be some individual shit but that would be big picture stuff yeah it's like heading into the direction of what benefits you yeah and i mean i'm wondering how many people came up to you and said oh relax lewis just come and have a beer yeah yeah (laughs) i had it a lot but i was a bit of a loner so Mm. it's um although i've always been uh good in my own space so mm. I was uh, I remember school holidays at, besides uh, uh, sports and um, and catch up with the mates now and then it would be I'd be at home on, 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 on the video games so yeah, I, was, yeah. I was pretty alone or anyway so mm. I like my own space so but yeah it was definitely a challenge and you feel guilty for it you mates you've known them for years but mm-hmm. it, when you get clear on your vision like really clear on it you won't tolerate shit mm. if my partner I had a chat with her this morning or we had that open conversation this morning and there was something that she said within that which obviously heat of the battle, we obviously say some things that you don't mean all the time. And I said, during that, I said, babe, if that was to become consistent with you towards me, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And like, you got to be so firm on it. Not threaten every two seconds that I'm going to leave you type of thing. But if your partner, your friend, your boss, your coworker, your family member does something that's going to stop you from having what it is that you want, then you, you just don't allow it. You get in life what you tolerate. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good way to frame it. Hmm. I like that. Because I guess even like to back because there's obviously open communication, yeah. very good at communicating, and I guess you've mentioned that you've, I guess the way you framed it was like you experience social anxiety, which yeah. is I guess what I've had to sort of reframe as well at times that I do experience social anxiety, and then sort of saying like, oh, I have social anxiety, yeah. or I am anxious, and yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any? Because I guess for a lot of people, I mean, would have been myself. Oh, I have social anxiety right now. Oh, I know how to mask it. I'll just drink yeah. and then just relax. So without reaching for the bottle, what sort of things have you done, I guess, to help, I guess, improve lowering the symptoms of your social ang- good. anxiety? Yeah, good, good framing. I always say healing because, again, a lot of things can just be triggered because mm. you, when you get triggered, you regress to who you were. So if you got... Uh, hurt when you were six years old and you got anxious because of it so when you get triggered by something that reminds you of it you become that six-year-old again that's why you throw a tantrum in a fight right so it's um so healing is always a, a default answer uh secondly is regulating so just breathing so my breath works so powerful right mm-hmm. i always think about this like you, vaping and smoking if you just take it away and just actually do the, it's going to calm you down as well so regulating mm-hmm. breath i do five 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 in five hold five out uh that's my style um uh, there's a good book. What's the book? I think it's Captivate. Cultivate, Captivate. I, I might have to reread it, but it was all about um, social anxiety pretty much, like mm. human behavior. And there's some really practical tips in that. It was uh, have a game plan. So I'm a very, when you're anxious, a benefit of anxiety, super planned out. <laughs> so it's yeah. a benefit of anxiety. That's the reason you do it because it's really planned out. So um, like I would go to, uh, not so much today because I've worked a lot on it, but when I would come to things like this, I'm like, what am I going to say? I'll, what, what are they into? I can ask questions about this and I'd have a game plan ahead. But having a game plan of doing this, so where are you going to? I had a really good um a really good coaching session with one of my coaches, and he and I guess on the qualifications uh, conversation he's got no qualifications but he got great results in life business personal stuff so I'm like I'm gonna pay him to coach me mm-hmm. and uh, mainly business but personal shit as well and we jumped on a call 
and I'd gone to a networking event to network. I'm like, oh, I need to become around. You become who you hang with. I've got to get around better people. That's what all the videos are telling me. So I'd go to this event and I was like so fucking uncomfortable. Mm. I was like, I felt like the biggest like weirdo because I go up and nervously say hello to someone then overshare because I'm an overshare. And then I feel like embarrassed and I'll go to the next person and I do that four times. I'm like, this is shit. I want to go home. Mm. And then I jumped on my call with my coach and he's like, how's things, mate? I'm like, yeah, good. Because like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? And I just cried for about 20 minutes. He's like, so why did you go there? He's like, I went there to network. Do you have to go to a place like that to network? No. So why did you do it? Can you network? Can Did you put other people's values on how to network on you? Mm-hmm. Can't. Do you like golf? Go play, grab some, go play a game of golf. Do you like coffee? Go grab a coffee. So um, my takeaway from that is pick your battles. Mm. Like if you don't, if you don't thrive in certain environments there's truth and get uncomfortable you grow yeah. there's truth in that so don't take that too extreme but pick your battles if you mm. don't like I, if I was to go to a fucking nightclub I would not have too much fun so yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah, going yeah. to go there but like a chilled bar like sort of like uh, pavilion-ish vibes that's kind of like I more enjoy mm. that vibe bit more laid back background music so pick your environment pick mm. your battles don't go to things you know are not servant of who you are have a game plan in place regulate your emotions uh live to your values is another one because maybe you're most confident when you're doing that so Mm. maybe i know speak about things so what i do what helps me with my communications i'm looking for people's values as they're talking so if you just ask hey what'd you get up to on the weekend i didn't do much what does not much look like Oh, I hung out with my friends. Great. What are your friends? What do your friends do? I'll talk about your friends. Friendship's probably important mm-hmm. to you. Oh, I just did some work. What do you do for work? What do you love about work? So learning communication skills. So read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great book. So improve your communication skills is another tip. Mm-hmm. But doing those has helped me a lot. Yeah. So just regulating. Just like, because I get so tense and like, oh my God, <laughs> I feel like I don't know what to say. This is awkward fucking hell. But it's like, just relax. It's only as awkward as you make it. Yeah. Early, so I really resonated with the yeah, picky battles because I guess when I was getting sober and then I thought, well, the only place I can meet people is in bars and drinking environments. And yeah, I was, I mean, the first, I mean, the first time was to get uncomfortable because I relapsed because I avoided it for two years. Yeah. So I stepped into that sort of uncomfortable mess that to just, all right, sit with all everything I was feeling. And then eventually over time, like I don't think about the people drinking around me. But then I was still experiencing like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable here and like feeling anxious in these environments. And then when you said to pick your battles and choose your environments, it's like, oh, that's what I've been doing by going to these group gyms yeah. instead now. That's yeah. where, and then you're talking about values. If health is one of my values, yeah. then I'm more confident in those environments. Because yeah, yeah like as opposed, yeah. So there we go. Look, no, it's no, working. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that uncomfortable idea, like you say, it's if there's a if it's working towards something that's yeah part of your values or a goal or something. Yeah. But don't make yourself uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not necessarily that helpful. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's like yeah. with that theory, strip your clothes yeah. off and run down the street. You might like that, but like that yeah. that might make some people uncomfortable. But how's that moving you towards your vision? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. that you can find benefits. You don't give a fuck about people's opinion. You can justify it any way, yeah. shape, or form. But it's like. Yeah, do it strategically. Do yeah. what, yeah. So there's a balance, get uncomfortable, you will grow, that's truth, but um, don't do it traditionally how it's expected to be done, which is just other people's values of how to socialize, how to network. Why do you have to do it in a fucking bar? Mm. Mm. Why can't you go to a gym where people have similar values to you and you can actually talk about that? Talk about health. Yeah. Could you talk about health for a long time? Well, probably more, yeah, yeah, these days, I guess the more I'm yeah. into it, yeah. Perfect. So mm. you find people that talk about health. Mm. So when you get into a conversation, it's just like talking to a brick wall. You're like, this is epic. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is talking to drunk people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Brilliant. Thanks for coming and joining us uh, this afternoon, Lewis. It's Thank been you. an awesome chat. We've certainly indulged in a lot here. Yeah, um, no, it's been real productive. Yeah. Real good, man. Yeah, Thank loved you, it. Man. Yeah, I love, I love that you guys are having the conversations. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are having the conversations that people say need to be had, but like I said, get scrutinised sometimes mm. when they don't necessarily say the same things you believe, and then it's like it's kind of con- conflicting in the in the mental health space. So yeah, I love that you guys are doing it. You guys are helping people. I've heard great things of you guys of having the guys on the podcast. So mm. keep spreading your message, guys. I fucking love it. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Keep spreading yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to finish with the last question? Or? Yeah, okay. We'll go, what's the best piece of advice that you've received in the last five years? Even though you've hit us with an incredible amount of wisdom, let's go number one that you've received, I guess. Probably that, um, it's probably the Statue of David. That's probably the one that I, I keep going back to. Like, we are, like, think about the, so from the second you die, oh, that you're alive, and then the second you die, no weight changes. You stay the same weight. So your spirit is weightless. So we are formless. We come from source, return to source. That's my spiritual beliefs anyway. So like you have a fucking gift inside of you. Remove everything that is in you. Everything that you think you have to be, you should be, you got to be, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's how you'll change the world. That's how you'll live an inspired life. And that's, that's how you be fulfilled. It's just be your authentic, genuine, real self and you'll have a fucking awesome life. Just, I guess yeah, diving back into yourself and figuring out who the hell you are because we can get lost along the way obviously and lose mm. identity because we've built an identity of what other people think that we should be or what yeah. we think oh well I think I should be this because of you yeah. know well because this is what my parents did this is yeah. what my friends are doing and it's yeah, coming back true to yourself which can be I guess can be quite challenging and like who the hell who the fuck am I <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the end of the day that's the layers of Dave, of the statue on top mm. of David so just remove all that be yourself and you'll be fucking happy and fulfilled mm. nice man awesome. awesome thanks for joining us Lewis it's Thank been you. a great chat appreciate it well this has been the last rings podcast that's Mitchell Ford and I'm Will Hitchens and we'll see you in the next one <laughs> Cheers, bro. <laughs>